have your Bible with you today, I'd ask you to open up to the Old Testament book of Psalms. We'll be in Psalm 118 today. It's towards the end of the book of Psalms. And we're just going to read one verse, Psalm 118, and we're going to read verse 24. And our text today is going to be very, very short, as you can see on the screen. Uh, it's a very familiar verse that tells us that we should rejoice in the day that the Lord has made. Now, there's not much to say by way of introduction to it, other than uh, this this verse is in a larger psalm that's quoted or referred to many times in the New Testament, both by Christ Himself and then by uh, the, also, uh, the the inspired Scripture writers as well. So, if you found Psalm 118, let's stand on our God's Word, and we're going to pick up in verse 24. The psalmist says, "This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it." Thank you. May be seated. As I said a moment ago, this verse does not need a whole lot of introduction. It doesn't need a lot of explanation because it's very self-explanatory. What it just needs is application. And I want to, I want to apply it three different ways uh, to our lives this morning. The first is that we should rejoice and be glad every day. We should rejoice and be glad every day. Notice again what the text says. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I ask you, what day is there that ever has been or ever will be that does not have God as its creator. There's not one. This is the day the Lord has made. Each day comes from God's hand, and therefore there's always something to be glad and to rejoice in. I'm reminded of what Paul said in the New Testament book of Philippians. You remember, uh, he wrote to the Philippians and he said, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And again I say, rejoice. Now we've looked at it before, but Paul, you remember, was writing that letter from prison. Now, there's anybody that had a reason not to rejoice on certain days, it was Paul. I mean, he was sitting in a cold prison, chained to a wall, chained to a, a soldier, no telling what he was uh, chained to. He was in a bad way, and yet he said, rejoice in the Lord always. See, this Bible speaks of having an attitude of thanksgiving. Sometimes we as preachers, we like to rhyme things, so we call it the attitude of what? Gratitude. And that's a very preacherly way of saying we should be thankful uh, and usually we, we talk about being thankful just in Thanksgiving, right? I mean, that's, that's when we talk about it in November. But the Bible says that we should be thankful on every single day. Any given day, there's a reason to be thankful. Year-round, we should be people of thanks. This, this week I was, um, I was talking to a lady, and she told me, in essence, that she, she tried to keep her eyes open for ways that God is working around her all the time. Now, those weren't her exact words, but that's the gist of what she was saying. Now, as I thought about that this week, I think she has it right. Because a lot of times what we do is, as Christians, whenever we think about the blessings of God, is, is we, we tend to th- think about what are these big things that God's doing? What are, what, what are, I, I'm looking for these ways that God is, is parting the sea, so to speak. We look for the, for the big acts of God, and we think that is only when God's blessing us. And it's easy to praise God and, and to recognize those things and to, to rejoice when something big comes our way, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's easy to figure out a reason to rejoice when somebody that we know and love is diagnosed with a, a terminal illness, and suddenly they go back and, and, and the people of God have prayed for that person, and all of a sudden the tests that once showed all maybe they had cancer, all of a sudden they're clear. It's easy to, to rejoice in those times. It's easy when, uh, when somebody walks away from, 
from some sort of a, uh, an accident. Maybe it's a, a car or, or some kind of a, a work incident or something like that. And it's, it could have been much, much worse, but they walk away without a scratch. It's easy to say, wow, thank you, God, for that. That was, that was amazing. We praise you. We thank you. It's, it's easy to, to find a reason to thank God when somebody has, has been unemployed for a long time and, and they get a job. It's easy to, to, to rejoice whenever the prodigal son comes back home. It's easy when we see the big things. But we should also be keeping our eyes open for the little things. And when we do, we see that there are innumerable blessings around us each and every day. Have you ever thought it's a blessing to be able to be up and around? It's a, it's a blessing to be here. And if you think it's not that big of a blessing, just wait till your back starts hurting and you can't get up and, and around the way that you want to. Then you realize, hey, that was a pretty big blessing. It's a big blessing to have our eyesight, to have our hearing, to have a functioning mind. Now, some people would say, Pastor, what do you know about a functioning mind? And they may not be 100% wrong. But, I mean, on a, on a serious note, you, you talk to somebody that's suffering with Alzheimer's and you realize how much of a blessing clarity of thought really is. It, it's a blessing to be able to come here and gather and worship without fear of persecution. Our, our church family is a blessing. Our blood family is a blessing. A good night's rest is a blessing. You say, well, pastor, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it is. You, you start trying to go through life when you can't sleep or when you don't rest well, and you just feel rotten the whole day. It's a blessing to be able to take pleasure in our work. It's a blessing to be able to take pleasure in the fruit of our work. There are so many gifts that the Bible get, that the Bible uh, I mean, the Bible says that God gives us all good things to enjoy. The Bible says that that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. That's God. And, and there are so many things in our lives that we just we just take for granted. I believe that if we will look for those things, just like we sang earlier, count your blessings. We'll move from Complaint Avenue to Hallelujah Boulevard. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll go from, from counting our bruises to counting our blessings, as, as one old preacher said it. And, and we'll realize that this is the day the Lord has made. I can rejoice and be glad in it. And, and our response is, is that rejoicing, it's, it's gladness, it's, it's being happy. It's being merry. And our heart is happy. And sometimes even our face gives in on the, on the act. So that's the first way that I think we should apply it. It's, it's each and every day we have something to be thankful for. We have something to rejoice in. The second way that this applies to us is that we should rejoice and be glad in today. The Lord's Day. We should rejoice in the Lord's Day. Now it's good and it's appropriate to rejoice Sunday through Saturday. Every day there's something to rejoice in. But listen, there is there's something special about the Lord's Day. And it's fascinating. As, as I was studying for this uh, sermon, a lot of times I'll read some of the old commentaries as well. And one of the things that stood out to me is almost every old commentator applied this verse specifically to Sunday. Or as they called it, the Christian Sabbath. So why would this apply to the Lord's Day in particular? Well, think about it. Why, why do we even worship on Sunday instead of Saturday? Have you ever thought that? Well, kind of, I remember one of the Big Ten was the Sabbath day. That's Saturday. Why are we doing it on Sunday? Are we doing it wrong? Okay, well, I, I want you to think about why was the Sabbath instituted to begin with? 
have to go way back to the book of Genesis. And you remember that God was finished with his labors. He had created the earth and all that was in it in six days. And then the seventh day, he rested from his labors. It was an act that signified creation is done. It celebrated creation. And he rested, and it was, it was put in place for man's good. You remember in the New Testament, there were people who were slavish about, about the Sabbath. The Jews, they, you know, out of, I think, out of a, a good intention, you know, they, they said, well, the Bible says don't, uh, do, do no work on the Sabbath. Well, what constitutes work? And so then they started breaking down, well, if you can do this, but not that. You can do this to this degree. You can take a journey, but only a certain distance. You can, you can carry a weight, but as long as it doesn't weigh more than a figure. You know, all these different things. They came up with all these different rules. And so when Jesus came onto the scene, all these Pharisees got real upset with Jesus because he was doing what they considered work on the Lord's day. So like if you were sick and you had an injury, the Jews said you can do enough to keep it from getting worse, but you can't do enough to make it get better on the Lord's day, uh, on Sabbath. So your grandkids have the ear infections? Sorry, you'll have to wait till Monday to start getting better. So, so Jesus comes onto the scene, and so you got a guy with a withered hand. you got a man that was lame and all these different things, and Jesus would heal him or heal them, and, and they would get upset because he was doing these acts of mercy on, the, on Sabbath, and that made them upset. And, of course, they were inconsistent. Jesus pointed that out. If you have an ox in the, in the ditch and all those things. There's one man that was lame, and, and Jesus healed him. And instead of rejoicing that this lame man was healed, they got mad because he picked up his pallet and walked. That he should have been carrying his pallet on the, on the Sabbath. Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you all that. Anyway, so we have all this, all this stuff that happened on uh, all these rules that sprang up around the Sabbath. And they slavishly observed those things. I remember where I was going now. And Jesus came onto the scene, and he was doing this stuff on the Sabbath. And what did he tell the, the people? He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's where I was going. This is a gift from God. Rest. So that is what the original Sabbath was for. It was on Saturday. So why did we start worshiping on Sunday? Well, when did the first Easter happen? You remember what the Bible says? The Bible says that Early in the morning, when it was still dark, on the first day of the week, that Sunday, the women went to the tomb, and they found it empty. The resurrection happened on Sunday. And so the early church, they began to get together on a Sunday to worship Christ, to celebrate the resurrection. And so this, this Christian Sabbath, as, as the old commentators put it, began to, began to take over. And so now this... This worshiping on Sunday, what does it commemorate? It commemorates the resurrection of Christ. It is the end of labors. We can find rest in God. We can find rest from our labors. All that is, you remember what Jesus said on the cross? He said, It is finished. It is finished. Jesus put out an invitation. He said, Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why? Because in Christ, in His act of redemption, He has done everything that's needed for us to go to heaven. And whereas the Sabbath was an end of creation, this celebrates recreation. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creation. He's a new creature. And so this, the, the Christian Sabbath, the Lord's Day, took the place of the old Sabbath. And so every Sunday when we meet together to publicly, corporately worship God, 
it's a mini Easter. Every week, it's mini Easter because we are, even though we don't often don't think about it, it is a celebration of the resurrection every every week. So every Lord's Day, we should be and we are reminded afresh about all that the resurrection means in our lives. And guess what? That's good news. That should cause us to rejoice. It should cause us to be glad, especially on the Lord's Day. And the last way this applies to us that I want to draw out today is by reminding us that today is the day of salvation. And therefore, we should rejoice. Now, if you have your Bible open, hopefully you you bring your Bible and you don't just count on what's up on the screen because uh, if you look at the rest of Psalm 118, we're not going to look at all of it, but just kind of glance at the verses around Psalm, uh, uh, verse 24, there in Psalm 118, you'll notice that there's familiar language in there about Christ being the stone the builders rejected, about him becoming the chief cornerstone. And there's also language in here that's quoted and proclaimed whenever Christ entered Jerusalem. We call it the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday. You remember the people shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Guess where that comes from? Psalm 118. Um, in fact, verse 26. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. And so, so as Jesus entered Jerusalem, the people were quoting Psalm 118. They were, they were praising him. Hosanna. They were, they were blessing him. They were praising him. They were celebrating and rejoicing. And because of what Christ did when he entered Jerusalem, namely dying on a Roman cross... For the sins of man, because of that, we can be made right with God. We can experience salvation. Now, how does that happen? It happens by by repenting of your sin and putting your faith totally in Christ. In Christ alone. When should you do it? Somebody somebody will say, Pastor, that's all well and good. I'll get to it one of these days. You ever talk to somebody like that? One day, preacher. One day. One day I'll get to it. One day when I'm done sowing my, my wild oats, one day whenever things slow down, I'll, I'll start coming to church, then I'll give my life to the Lord. Second Corinthians 6 says, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Jesus, the Son of God, come in the flesh, died on the cross to save those who believe. And if you'll put your faith in Him, you'll find Him to be the perfect Savior. Hebrews 3 likewise says, Today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. That's when they provoke me. We can and we should rejoice that the way of salvation is open to all who believe. That is good news. Now, I know that we have just a few people here, but I don't know your hearts. There may be somebody here who's never done that. If you've not been made right with God, you don't have reason to rejoice and be glad. Now, you may have experienced some temporal blessings, but apart from Christ, you don't have peace with God. You're not going to heaven when you die. You may have come that way, but you don't have to leave that way. As that verse says, don't harden your heart, but repent. Now, for those of us who have done that, that's something to rejoice over. Do you realize... How much of a blessing it is that you have God as, as your as your Lord and King? You ever thought about that? That you didn't deserve to be saved? God didn't gain a whole bunch whenever He got you on His team. We should we should be glad that we have heaven as our home. 
Can you imagine how rotten it would be if this was as close to heaven as you got? If this is as good as it gets? And that would stink. It would be awful. Maybe you need to think on some of those things today. Adjust your attitude. Or maybe you just need to stop looking for the parting seas and, and recognize the everyday blessings that the Lord gives to you. Now, does He still do amazing things? Absolutely. He still works miracles. He still heals people. He still, he still does innumerable things. He still answers prayers. But there are a lot of blessings that He gives to us that we don't even ask for. Just common grace. Good friends. Good family. Good church family. Good job. Health. To live in America, you know, you could have you could have been born under Taliban rule. You ever, you ever think about that? You didn't. You weren't born in America because of some great thing of, of you and your parents' lives. The love of others, to, to possess the scriptures. There are people. Maybe you've seen this. There's a video I saw some years ago. I think it was Chinese Chinese believers. They got a copy of the Bible for the first time. Have you ever seen this video? It's they, they opened up these boxes. And in those boxes were copies of the scriptures and these 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 believers, they're they're Asian, I remember that maybe time, maybe some someplace else. They arrested them and you would have thought that, that somebody had handed them just a, a bundle of money. I mean they were hugging them, they were weeping. They had they they had not had the word of God, and we've got it. Now, light goes with anything. But we've got, we can color coordinate our Bibles, can't we? Well, today I'm going to wear this. I'm going to have a, a Bible that matches. I'm going to, I'm going to get this type of study Bible. Oh, well, my, my Bible's starting to wear out. It's, you know, some of the pages are starting to fray. I better get, get a new Bible. And we can just go out and buy it all over the place. We have, we have it in, in print form. We have it in digital form. We have it in audio form. We have it. In so many ways, and there are places where people don't have it at all. It's a blessing. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Why don't you stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Every day there's something to be thankful for. And there are days that we don't feel thankful. There are days that we don't see the good. And frankly, sometimes there are days that there's more bad than good. But at the end of the day, if you're a believer, you've got God, and that's worth a whole lot. Enjoy your job. You enjoy the fruits of your job. You have family. Many things to be thankful for. Heavenly Father. Lord, we, we, we know that oftentimes we overlook what you've done in our lives. We overlook uh, the blessings that you give to us. And God, we just want to pause and, and say thank you and ask that you'd help us to recognize 
those times whenever you've done good to us, when you do good to us on a regular basis. And help us to be truly thankful. God, help us to not focus on all the bad, but focus on the good. Not to say that the bad doesn't exist or to ignore the bad. Lord, help us to see that compared to what we have, those things many times are are small. God, I ask you to search our hearts. And if there be somebody here that has never accepted Christ as their Savior, I pray that you would draw them to yourself. We ask these things in Christ's name.